He explained he was a realtor and she said, you know what? I might be interested in selling my property. Keep in touch. So about six months later, my realtor called me and asked me if I wanted to buy the quadplex across the street. This is The Real Estate Pod. I'm Ed Barone, co-founder of RentReady, the platform that makes renting easy for landlords and tenants. With this podcast, we aim to help landlords learn, scale, and invest. We also want to help you tackle the business side of real estate investing because being an investor or getting your first investment requires you to be an entrepreneur. It's about mindset and strategy. Stacy Rossetti is hosting the show today as part of a series that focuses on conversations with the women who are crushing it in real estate. Stacy herself is a real estate investing expert and coach out in Peachtree, Georgia, who specializes in real estate investing, rehabbing, and storage units. Let's get started. Hey guys, this is Stacy Rossetti. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again today. I am here with Becky Nova from Yonkers, and she is going to be talking all about her real estate investing life and how she, as a woman, has put herself out there to grow this investing business. How are you doing today? I'm good, Stacy. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. Okay, so go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Sure. Hi, everybody. Like Stacey said, my name is Becky. I live in New York. I fell into real estate investing about two years ago. I'm definitely that accidental landlord that you hear about. Um, My husband really wanted to buy a house. He's from the Dominican Republic and really moved to the States for that American dream. And I did not want to be living that paycheck to paycheck mortgage. So I said, you know what, there's got to be a better way. So I started looking into what we could do to really be able to live cheaper um, we came up with a plan to move into a multifamily. I always tell people, Stacy, I had the best idea ever to move into a multifamily so I can save some money. And I never knew at the time that it was a thing and a process and a plan for people to house hack. But once we were able to close on that first property, I was just absolutely hooked on real estate. And I've gone on to buy 10 doors in the past two years. Awesome. So tell me about that. Tell me about one of your deals. Is that the first deal that you got was the one that y'all moved into? Or tell me a little bit about it. Sure. Yes. The first property that we moved into was a duplex. So we were house hacking that one, which was great because we got to use the benefits of an owner-occupied property. So nice and small down payment there. We bought that place in May, 2018. And like I said, I was just hooked and was like, how do we do this again? So oddly enough, my I stayed in touch with my realtor because I'd found the property off the MLS, right? I went that traditional route, especially first time buying a property. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, at the appraisal where my realtor was, the little old lady from the neighborhood came over to my realtor and was like, hey, I don't know you. I've been here my whole life. You know, everybody, you know, knows everybody in the neighborhood and she didn't know him. He explained he was a realtor and she said, you know what? I might be interested in selling my property. Keep in touch. So about six months later, my realtor called me and asked me if I wanted to buy the quadplex across the street. Wow, that's (laughs) awesome. What luck that is. So tell me about that quadplex then. Was it, did it need work or was it, was it good or what? Did it need work? So (laughs) like I said, little lady that had been living there for 30 odd years with her, with her husband, they had probably not done work on the property since they had bought it. Luckily, the property has really great bones, but they had done absolutely no updating, no work necessary at all um, to the property. And they were also hoarders, which was an interesting situation. Every single inch of the property was covered with 
what we called trash, but what they called prized possessions. So it was definitely negotiating how to do that cleanup um, and how to get that done. (laughs) So we will probably, we were able to get it mostly cleaned. The sellers were wanted to take their, their prized possessions with them, which we were fine with. Then we made clearly the updates we needed to, to make sure that it was safe. And we were able to provide our tenants with good homes, but we will probably be doing (laughs) the larger projects for the next 10 years (laughs) to make sure to get it, to really get it to what we would consider um, a, a nice, safe, proper home. Well, that's, I mean, that's what real estate investing is. And actually that's what a home ownership or any type of property ownership is. It's just always maintaining your property. So Exactly. So like I said, we were able to get it where we have tenants in, they are happy there. We've made updates. Everything looks much newer and much nicer now and much cleaner. And then it's just, you know, those CapEx projects, the driveway, the roof, the backyard space, those things. So those are not really affecting us. So we have a list and a timeline and we will just slowly start going through all those different, all those different projects, just as any other homeowner would do, even for themselves, let alone an investor. Are you guys now, are y'all only looking for like, you know, a small multifamily or do you also just do single, do do single family as well? So we actually, once again, we live in New York. So single families are a little bit of a different beast around here. Multifamilies are what our strategy involves. Um, We just know them well and that makes sense for us. We do own two single apartments. Once again, living in New York, it's probably much easier to find an apartment rather than a single family house, especially mm-hmm. with prices and homeownership here in Westchester County. Yeah. So we do own a an apartment here in New York as well, but then we also own an apartment in the Dominican Republic. And no, it is not an Airbnb. <laughs> it is not on the beach. Since my husband's from there, he wanted to be able to buy a property to serve the people that actually live there year round. So we bought a place that you cannot even see water from <laughs> to my chagrin. That's awesome. I love it. That's good though. I mean, you guys are in a little tiny niche and actually the niche that you're in, like everybody wants to be in this niche right now, especially small multifamily is kind of the thing to be, but it's hard. It's hard also, to find a good also in New York, There makes a very big difference with staying in a small multifamily rather than buying anything over five. Yeah. So I, as much and as cool as it would be, and I know a lot of real estate investors try to count what they own based on doors And I really want to encourage people to think about it in a different way. It does not matter if you own five doors or a hundred doors. My goal is not to own all of the doors. My goal is just to own a few enough that I can make the most amount of money with. So we were able to um, stay under, I want to stay under that five. I don't want to buy 10 or 15 unit building in New York because just beside the, the laws that we have here would just make that much more difficult and would take away my cash flow. Yes. Nope. I totally get that. That's awesome. Okay. So tell me you work with your husband together. How, how, how do you guys have your business? You know, being a husband and a wife, how do you guys work together? <laughs> sure. Um, I think just as much as you need to do in your relationship, even in your business relationship, you need to delineate responsibilities. Um, I am much more the risk taker in the relationship. My husband is the very stable person. Um, he, so from that, I tend to be the one that looks for a future what are we doing next? What are we buying next? What can we afford? What do we need to get to, to be able to do things? I handle the finance side. I always do the mortgage. I always do the deal analysis. I always do the legalities. 
um, and deal with the lawyers, the accountant, the brokers, that stuff is all my side. My husband is very much more a live in the moment type person. And like I said, he's much more stable. So he does a little bit more of the property management. He's our handyman. He meets contractors. He manages that side. And then also since he is a large man, he gets to do rent collection as well. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yes. It's so good that y'all can at least, you know, work together too, you know, which is good. Yeah. We've, you know, and we have to come up with boundaries, you know, <laughs> this, we have, we had in state a rule that we were no longer allowed to talk about real estate during date night. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good that y'all even had a date night. So y'all we were, well, because everything became business in our relationship and we were kicking butt and doing so fantastic in that sense. But then like our actual personal intimacy started to kind of like flip-flop. So we were like, all right, we have to have date night and we cannot talk about real estate, which honestly is probably harder for me to do than for him. Mm-hmm. I love that though. That's really, that's such a, such a good, you know, philosophy. I think my husband and I too, we have to take time together because you have, we have a daughter, we have like five or six different companies. And then we're always talking, like you said, we're always talking business. Yeah. We need to be able to just be like, okay, let's just actually talk about something outside of business. And I don't know if it's the same in your household as mine, but it's always those to do things. It's always like, oh, honey, like I forgot to mention um, apartment three needs to have, you know, their stove checked out. Oh, honey, I forgot to tell you, we need to make sure to cut the grass over at this property on this day. So it just becomes like a lot of those. Yeah, those oh, honeys. So (laughs) awesome. So tell me about uh, being, you know, give me kind of your perspective on being a woman and being a real estate investor. What have you learned over the last couple of years? I learned that there should be more of us. (laughs) I learned that there should be more of us ready and willing to take those steps. I do understand that being in real estate, we kind of are in one of those male dominated worlds. And I see that changing. And I do see a lot of women wanting to be a part of it, but we get very anxious and nervous. And one of the big differences that I've learned between that I've seen between men and women is men tend to kind of jump a little bit more or it's kind of want to be a little bit more know-it-alls and think they know what they're doing. Women, on the other hand, we like to know all of the information, all of the steps, but sometimes that actually holds us back because real estate is huge, right? We just mentioned about how I happen to be in that multifamily buy and hold type sense. People can be doing flips. People can be doing syndications. People can be doing subject twos. There's so many different things that you could do in real estate that you're never going to be able to learn everything. And I think sometimes that holds us women back because we want to make sure we're taking the right steps and we're a little more cautious in most senses. So I really hope that I love what you're doing, Stacey, to make sure that we have the educational resources we have that women can say, you know what? I know 95% about what I need to know. Let's go. Yes. I love that so much. Yes. That's exactly what we're trying to do is just put women out there that are like, this just talking about what they're doing and getting, you have, and you have, ex, you have become an expert in what you're doing. And that's the most important thing. Yes. Exactly. I always try to tell people like, make sure you need to set your goal first. You need to know what you're working towards. Then second, you need to be able to pick your strategy, right? Buy and hold syndication, wholesaling, whatever it is. And just know that really, really well. I always keep my eyes and ear open for an opportunity for this, an opportunity for that. And it's okay if it doesn't necessarily fit into my thing, but I am working in one, I'm staying very directed and very focused on what I'm doing. I'm not going to wake up and be like, oh, actually I want to buy another property. Let me learn how to do a flip because that's just not, that's not my thing. And it's okay if it's yours, but you got to know what your strategy is and get really, really hyper-educated on what, how specific that is. 
I love it. Yeah, the, what you're saying, it's all about mastery. Master what <laughs> you know, right? But the, the thing is, is that there, there'll be so many opportunities out there, right? You know, just don't get taken down too many different paths, right? Because then you just get sucked into it. But master what exactly. you know. Yes, I love it. What is that? Uh, what is that called when people... When you, you just have that, like, kind of like those, you need to make sure to have like your blinders on, right? Because there's all these different shiny object syndrome. That's what it's Blinders, called. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You hear about, oh, well, this person made a ton of money doing this, or this person made a ton of money doing this. Well, that's great, but you are you. And yes. you need to figure out what's going to work for you and what meets your goals. Like I said before, my goal is not to own all of the real estate. If that's somebody else's, that's fantastic, but they're going to need an entirely different strategy than what I'm going to use. So I can't go chasing what they are looking to do because it doesn't fit for my lifestyle and what I'm hoping to kind of gain in the future. Yes. I love it. I love it. Now tell me, what do you think about uh, what's happening in the real estate market? Just kind of like, you know, from when you started a couple of years ago to what's going to happen over the next couple of years, what do you think is happening and what are, what are going to be your strategies for the next couple of years? Sure. That's actually interesting. You asked that because I, I really changed a little bit of my strategy earlier this year. Um, due to what's been going on with, you know, the worldwide pandemic we're all living through. So <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't heard, um, but as Stacey mentioned earlier, I had been trying, my plan was always those small multifamily properties outside of the city, um, right outside of New York City, Yonkers, New York, that type of area. But with what happened in the pandemic, right before that it started, my husband and I, we had no plans to buy property in 2020. It was just not going to happen. We were actually going to work on um, saving for a property for our strategy for 2021. We'd agreed we were not doing that. Then all of a sudden March came around and I was just like, things are changing. Let's see what's going to happen here. And I noticed a lot of people, especially in New York and some of our larger cities were moving out of those, of those large cities. They wanted space. They wanted to be socially distanced in their own home. If you've ever been to New York city, you know that you cannot socially distance even in your own home. It just doesn't work. So we noticed that there were trends kind of moving. So I said, you know what, let me take a look of some other areas. So we came up with a plan then to switch up our strategy. We were then going to buy within an hour of where we currently live. So that way we can self-manage. So we don't have to worry about using a property manager, the extra cost with that social distancing, COVID guidelines. We don't want to get involved in any of that world. So we said it had to be about an hour within our own current home so we could manage it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Two, we needed to have tenants intact that we knew were paying, that had good jobs, that were clearly screened appropriately, because we know clearly, you know, that's been kind of a sore spot for a lot of people right now and a lot of struggling landlords because a lot of tenants themselves are struggling. And then three, it needed to be a place that was absolutely turnkey. It wasn't a place I wanted to go and have to deal with doing a bunch of work once again when it was when it was at least an hour for me. Mm-hmm. So we switched up our strategy and we bought a place in upstate New York. It's a duplex up there. We have great cash flow on the property. I literally got a check at closing. I mean, it was, and then we haven't really had to do too much there. And it's just really on that turnkey process. So it does not fit really necessarily with the rest of my portfolio, but I noticed what trends were going on and reacted accordingly. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think we need to see what businesses are going to open back up because there's so many people that have been able to move out of the city that now moved one, two hours away. Well, it's either those jobs open back up in the city and then they got to move back. Probably not. We got to see what other industries are going to then go remote. And I do think that financing has become a little more strict. I think it's really going to delay even some people that are have been in a good financial position. I think it's going to delay them from buying a home. 
So personally, I really like being in the buy and hold spot because since March, any of my vacancies that have come up, I have had more tenants apply and better quality tenants apply since that time because those regular people that would be buying properties aren't getting approved themselves for a home, for a mortgage, but absolutely can live in an apartment. That I love. Yes. Well, see what I what I hear and what I see is that you did a great job of pivoting, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, you know, that's exactly what's going to happen over the next couple of years, because the truth is, is we have no idea what's going to happen. All right. So you've got to be able to just stay on your toes and be able to pivot with whatever comes your way. Yeah. And I think it's important to communicate with other people that are in this world and to stay active in it. So you see what's going on in places. Once again, that where I live in such an urban area might not be exactly the same as a small town, um, a much more, um, much more rural type area. So that might be different. You have to know your market and you have to kind of stay on top of just what's going on here. What are things looking like? And just be ready to kind of pivot depending on where the world goes. And that's pandemic or not. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's really, and that's, that's the real estate investing world. Yeah. You have to be able to pivot because the market is up and down all the time. So that's great. So do you have any final tips for any women that are watching, you know, how to get started or anything like this? Sure. I, my, my best suggestion and advice to anyone out there is know what you want to get to know the path that you want to get to the end and then take action today, move towards it, do it. Stop second guessing yourself. Stop thinking that you need to learn absolutely everything. Stop getting stuck in that analysis paralysis kind of stage, go out and do it. Trust yourself that you know what you're doing. I love that. That's true. We have, I think we have a more of a, 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 an action issue than anything else. Like you said, yeah. people just, they educate themselves, but they, they don't do anything about it because they have that fear. So that is great advice. I love that. Thank awesome. You. Cool. Becky. Well, it's so nice talking to you. Thank you so much for spending a couple minutes with me. I appreciate it. Of course. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We're so grateful to be able to learn from these active investors, entrepreneurs, and all-around amazing individuals who want to share their success with you. The real estate investing community really is a unique community to be a part of. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can rate or review the podcast in whatever podcast app you're listening to. It would mean a great deal to us to learn what you like, what you don't like, and even questions we can answer on your behalf. You can also subscribe to The Real Estate Pod on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.